0: Please have a seat. And at this time, it's my privilege to welcome up a brother, a good friend, one that we've gotten to know well, pastor of Northwest Baptist Church, Pastor Dan Sardinas. Good morning, men. Welcome to the Sound Men's Conference. It's actually the first conference ever hosted by the Gospel Forum. So this is historic. Now if you've come today expecting this was a conference on how to run a soundboard or multimedia for churches, we do apologize. That is not the kind of sound man that we are talking about. We're talking about uh, the word that is found in the book of Titus. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. So open up your copy of God's Word today to Paul's letter to Titus. And let's see what God has. Now, all the men speaking today are, we're expository preachers. We probably preach 45 minutes plus in our churches. Today you're going to be hearing four speakers, 20 minutes each. So this is a tall task for some of us to get through, but we're going to do so in glory. Uh, we've been, I've been tasked today with Titus chapter one verses one through nine. We're not going to go through every aspect of these nine verses, but draw from them the truth that God wants us to hear and know today. But let's ask God's blessing on our time this morning. Father, thank you so much for these men that have come this morning to hear your word, to know how to be sound men. Help us God to uh, know your word, to obey it. Sanctify us through it, and Father, if there's a man in here who does not know Christ as Savior, we pray today that You would might make known um, His sin and the glories of Christ, of a crucified Savior and a risen Savior who has conquered that sin. Draw them to repentance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The reason we've called this the Sound Men's Conference is based on the book of Titus, because Titus, one of the main themes that you will see there is this word that is used called sound. The word sound is used five times in the book of Titus, and the best way to understand the word sound is the Greek word is where we get our English word hygiene. Hygiene. Hygiene, of course, are habits that we develop to ensure that our physical bodies are free of sickness and that we remain healthy. So what do we do? We shower, we wash our hands, we brush our teeth. Those are some of the ways that we can remain healthy and keep our bodies in good health. That's the point of hygiene, is health. And health is exactly what Titus is about. But of course, not physical health, but spiritual health. Health in the men of God. Health in the church of God. And we have organized this conference today to help you be healthy men, healthy spiritual men, to see what God's Word says and the calling upon your life and to obey God's Word because of this charge. So let's go to verse 1 of chapter 1. Let's see who wrote this book of Titus. Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect, And their knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life which god who never lies promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which i have been entrusted by the command of god our savior so we know right from the beginning who writes this letter of titus it's the apostle paul and he tells us right from the beginning his mission why is he an apostle why is he a servant And it's for the sake of the faith of God's elect, who are God's elect. Those are those who God has chosen before time began. And so how does Paul do this? How does Paul do what he does for the sake of those elect? He preaches the gospel. He preaches the truth of God's word so that they would believe and put their trust in Jesus Christ. The first thing we must see in the book of Titus is that a sound man is a saved man. He's one who knows Jesus Christ as his savior. You can't be a healthy man spiritually if you don't have a knowledge of the truth. You can't be a sound man unless you become born again, which means you have repented of your sins. You have forsaken your sins and trusted in Jesus Christ alone and his finished work on the cross to save you. A sound man is first a saved man. And Pilgrim will expound later on that when he talks about the gospel. So I'll save that for him. But then Paul says this. It's not just so that God's elect would believe, but it's also, and this is what I really want to focus on in my time this morning, that their faith accords with godliness. The point of salvation, the point of um, being saved is not just a ticket to heaven. Being saved is not about a departure to another place. Being saved is about knowing God. It's about being forgiven of your sins and being in right relationship with Him. And when you are a saved man, when you are a sound man like that, in your life, because you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and God is sanctifying you, He's making you holy, what, pro- what is produced in our lives is Godliness. Godliness Godliness means that we act like God. And so sound men are not just saved men, but they're godly men. They're godly men. And so godliness is the result of spiritual truth, spiritual health. And this is what I want you to consider today. I want you to ask yourself, are you a sound man? First, do you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior? Are you born again? Does your life and character reflect that of God and therefore is your life increasingly becoming godly now all of us men fail all of us fall short we all stumble but the point of a sound man is not that he doesn't sin but in his life there is a fight there is a war against sin because in that process of godliness and sanctification you can't remain content in this life and be pleased with the pleasures of your flesh. Godliness produces not only a hatred of sin, but a fight in sin. A fight for and against sin. And this is what's produced in our lives, is godly. So I want you to examine your life throughout all the sessions today as we see this. Because this is why Paul's preaching. Not only so that they would be saved, who God has elected, but that, they would, that their lives would produce godliness as Uh, result. Paul is writing this to who? A man named Timothy. And the purpose of the letter here is that Paul is calling Titus to instill in the people that he is in charge of health. Health in the church of God, in the people of God there on the island of Crete. And so, godliness is to be reflected in our lives. And there's a way that God wants men to live in this world since that is true then we should see that in every arena of our lives we need sound men in our homes we need sound men at our jobs we need sound men in our churches and also our world we have a charge to live like a man now the world hates that terminology did you know that they try to emasculate us and redefine what a man is and uh, cause this, this effeminate um, demasculization of men. Well, we can tell the world to shut up because we know what our God has said and what men are supposed to be. Men, we aren't stupid. It's usually what's portrayed in a lot of these movies or cartoons that, you know, dads are dumb, they don't know what's going on, go talk to mom, right? That's not the picture of a sound man and what God is producing in our lives. And to even suggest that there is a manly way to live in this world, we're accused of chauvinism or misogyny, but we must listen to the word of God because there's a way to act as a sound man. And Paul even tells this to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, he says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. Let all that you do be done in love. And so again, there's a charge. There's a charge we must heed to. We must not go in this battle without a plan. We must not go in there without a purpose. Our purpose is what? Godliness. This is the will of God for your life that Paul tells the Thessalonians. Your sanctification. And so look at verse 4. To Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father, And Christ Jesus, our Savior. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So, Paul has given a job here to Titus. Titus remains on the island of Crete, where believers have come to faith in Jesus Christ. They're organizing in different churches and different towns. And the charge that Paul gives to Titus is to find men. To find godly men, sound men, to lead these churches. And he says to appoint elders. This is the word here. The word elder is just another word for pastor. Pastors or elders are men who have been called by God to lead churches. So we could say that God has entrusted sound men to lead his church. This is the criteria that... And there is a criteria for these sound men. And Paul gives a list of qualifications in chapter 1. However, let's be clear... Not everyone underneath this pavilion is an elder. And I don't want you to just skip over these verses like they don't apply to you. Because even though these must be true, these qualifications in chapter 1 of elders, they must be true of elders, but they should be true of all Christian men. All of these qualifications are a reflection of godliness. With the faith, the knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness. There should be fruit in your life. Your life should be transformed, changed, different from the way we used to be. And so Titus is to identify men who have these qualifications and have this. And although not all men are qualified to be in the elder role, we should all aspire to be these things and have them true in our lives because this is... Because we are Christian men. So look at these qualities here, because this is our example of what true godliness looks like. And really, they're all reflections of who? Not Paul, but the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is our ultimate example of holiness. Amen? It's the Lord Jesus who is our ultimate example that we follow and we look to imitate. We we can imitate the elders in our church, and even Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so, but Christ is our ultimate example. And so let's look at verse 6 and look at some of these qualifications that he has given to Titus to look for, but I think should be true of all of us if we're going to be sound men in our homes, our jobs, and our neighborhoods. Number six, if anyone is above reproach. This basically means that the man of God or the sound man must be blameless. That's what the word means. It means that accusations may come, but they do not stick because they aren't true. So, this tells us that a sound man is one who lives with integrity. A sound man lives with integrity, honesty, and a solid character, which comes from that Holy Spirit empowered fight against sin. A sound man who's above reproach runs when sin comes, he flees from sexual temptation. When sin comes knocking on the door, he flees away. But even when that man falls and stumbles, that man is also quick to repent. We think of David, a man after God's own heart. Why was he a man after God's own heart? Because he was a man who was continually broken over his sin. So a sound man is one who is living his life above reproach, looking at his life, making sure that no one can accuse him of wrongdoing because his not, his life is not evident, getting evidence of, of that. He's also to be the husband of one wife he's to look for in these elders. A sound man is also a faithful man sexually. Sound men are faithful to their wives. So wording here is literally a one woman kind of man. If you're single here today and you're saying, well, I'm not married so, let me check out for the next moment. No, you may not be married now, but you are to remain faithful to whoever your future spouse will be. If you don't plan on getting married, then be faithful to the Lord's command of purity and saving those things for the marriage bed. But the thing is, we can't be sound men if we're looking at porn. We're lusting after other women at our work. We must kill that, mortify that in our flesh. repent of those things and seek the Lord Jesus. Be faithful to our wife, not just with our eyes, but in our heart, and to kill those desires when they come. We're a one-woman kind of man. The next thing it says is that his children are believers. Believers. Sound men are faithful to their children. How so? Well, the call here is that the elders are to be seeing that their children know the Lord. Men, Listen, the pastors of your church are not in charge of discipling your family in your homes. You are in charge. You are who God has put in place in a position of your home of authority. If you save it for your elders or your Sunday school teachers or the youth leaders in your church, you're not going to do that very well. You must take the charge. You must take the command. You must take the initiative to do that to make sure that your children and your wife knows the gospel that you disciple them that you guide them in holiness and in the ways of God we can't save our children only Christ can do that however a sound man cares about the spiritual direction of his house we are to be the lead disciples in our home so how are you doing how are we doing as a father as a husband? How are we caring for our families? Men, we're to be the chief repenters in our home. And sometimes pride keeps us back from that. Right? That we can't even let our families know that we have failed. Or that we have maybe lost our temper one moment. we said something we shouldn't have said. Or we did something we shouldn't have done. Let's model repentance to our children. And model that. And show them the way they're going to know how to repent. The way they're going to know how to see God is because they see that in you. So let's do that. Let's care for our children that they're believers. But also for our wives and disciple them. And point them to Christ. Also point them to godliness. Protect your home from the world. And the things that can creep in. Ideologies that can just destroy a home and destroy our thinking. Moving on, he says this: he must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. As men, we ought to be the most humble men in our homes. Also in our churches. We must be the ones who are slow to get angry. We must model that, patience. And I know a lot of us struggle with patience and pride. Let's kill that, mortify that in our flesh. Love our wives as Christ loved the church. We can't love our wives as Christ loved the church, if we're arrogant or quick-tempered. But we must be slow to get angry, as James commands us. It tells us here that an elder is also not to be a drunkard or violent. Sound men are controlled by the Holy Spirit and and do not get drunk with alcohol. This is a command of God. If alcohol is consuming our lives and causing us to be drunk and and allowing these things to go by the wayside, we are not leading our homes well. Violent. Are we leading with our with our lives, with our character, with God's word? Are we leading with our fist? We must display loving leadership, respect, and giving the honor that God has given to us in our homes. He must not be greedy for gain, verse seven. But hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, disciplined. There's a lot there. There's a lot there to unpack. But again, men, greed. Showing hospitality to others. Being a lover of good, not a lover of evil. Self-controlled. How are you doing with discipline? Are we a disciplined person? Can we be counted on as one who is faithful or one who just loses all control? When the, th- when the situation goes awry and holy and discipline, But look at number nine. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction and in sound teaching and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Men, sound men are Bible men. We know our Bibles. We hunger for the Word. We hunger for truth. We not only know the truth, but we live the truth. What I find so sad in so many churches, and just about every church, this is true, that I've ever been a part of, is that the ones who are the most involved in Bible studies, in small groups, or even acts of service, are the women. Where are the men? Where are the men who hunger for truth? We're the men who are desiring to step up and take the initiative in our churches. God has given that call to us. Of course, women are also called to Christian service as well. But we should be the examples in that way. We And this all comes. All this godliness, all of these things that Paul lists here comes, of course, from being a saved man, but it will not continue unless... You are holding firm to the word. How? As taught. I encourage you men that when your pastors or elders are preaching and teaching, that you take notes and you go home and discuss a sermon with your family. Don't let the sermon ever end. And I know sometimes your pastors preach forever and it seems like they never end. (laughs) But continue that at home. Discuss it over Sunday lunch or Sunday dinner Discuss the truth that you've been taught. Let's get sound doctrine in our homes. This hinges on us. Don't depend on your elders to do it in your house. We must be called to do this. If we're going to see health in our lives, in the lives of our children, in the lives of our families. So, just to wrap things up because my time is done. If you're going to be a sound man, first you've got to be a saved man. If you're saved, man, then God has called you to godliness and holiness. And you can't be a godly man unless you know the word, that you hold firm to the truth. Hold firm to the truth. So let me encourage you as we conclude. Act like men. Maybe the reason we are the way we are today is because men have failed miserably. We have failed in our homes, we've failed in our churches, we've failed in government to do what God has called us to do. We're afraid of the culture, we're afraid of the attacks, we're afraid to step up. Put that aside and obey Christ. Seek and pursue the godliness that God has called you to do. The health that He has called you to do. And to partake in Him. To so model Christ in our homes, in our churches, and in our world. Because you cannot be a sound man unless you do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this chapter one. There's a lot to unpack there. And Lord, I wish I had a few more hours. But Lord, thank you for this truth that you've called us to. Lord, this hygiene, this health in our lives. There's steps that we ought to take in order to produce this godliness in our lives. Maybe it's to get in the word. Maybe it's to even get saved, to trust Christ as Savior. Father, I I pray for these men. You know, each and every single one of them. We have all fallen short. We need and ought to be the men that lead our homes and our churches and our world. And Father, may you raise these men up, call them to repentance in the areas in which they need to repent and flee from sin in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.